Hi there, podcast listeners, and welcome to the 5th of December 2018 Hong Kong Stories podcast. I'm Rachel Smith. Well, it's the start of December, and yet I managed to get a sunburn in Hong Kong on Tuesday while being completely spanked in my chosen sport. Everyone has days where we do not cover ourselves in glory in all of our endeavors, but as we grow and change, our successes hopefully outweigh our failures. While we at Hong Kong Stories know Mel for her awesomeness, this week we'll be listening to her story about something she really wanted, but may not be able to have. After Mel's story, we'll listen to a little piece from our show from May 2018, when our storytellers were asked what they wished for in their futures. First though, a shout out to our loyal listeners in Hong Kong. Thanks for listening to our stories and being the best audience ever. And hellos go out this week too to listeners in Scarborough, in Canada, Paris and France, and Singapore. Thanks for letting our stories into your ears. Our storytellers are busy preparing for our last show of 2018 at the Fringe Club. For a full list of shows for 2019, check out our website, www.hongkongstories.com, where you can find earlier episodes of the podcast, news about how you can get involved, links to buy tickets, photos of our storytellers, and so much more. Hong Kong Stories. It's better than comedy. It's better than drama. It's real life. And now recorded in the studio from a show in early 2018, here's Mel. My mother is a strong woman with loud opinions about what's right and what's not. She had grown up in a harsh African environment and it had made her extra tough. When we were young, she guarded us and our feelings with a mama bear fierceness that no one dared defy. And at home, she had one rule. Be happy. But in a family with four teenage girls, this rule was surprisingly hard to obey. We'd get offended, upset, or hurt by the slightest thing. So she had to work overtime to keep the peace. We quickly discovered that her be happy rule actually consisted of lots of little rules. No criticizing, no getting angry, no being mean, no teasing. Not only did she protect us from each other, she also felt the need to protect us from my father. As a well-mannered British gentleman, living in a household with five loud and unruly women, he was prone to exasperation. He believed in good table manners and common sense. He did not believe in superlatives and exclamation marks. So when my sister dipped her finger in some freshly made jam and shouted, this is the most delicious thing ever, violating all my father's principles in one fell swoop, my mother jumped in. Now, now, remember your table manners before your father gets angry. He was way past angry but he had now been denied the right to express it by my mother's intervention. So we all kind of sat there awkwardly for a while. My sister still sucking the jam off her finger, wondering if she was in trouble. My dad rolling his eyes in annoyance. 
and my mother satisfied that she had saved the day yet again. In fact, most of what we did offended my father's civilized sensibilities. So when it all got too much for him, he'd escape to his study and drown out our rational emotions with Tetris and Miles Davis. As the youngest, it was decided that I was the most sensitive, so it was me who received the brunt of my mother's protection. She was also the youngest in her family, so she thought she knew what I needed. One day we were having dessert, and there was a carton of Ultra Mel custard on the table. I was very proud to see my name on a branded product. Look, Ultra Mel! My sister Julie couldn't help herself. Yeah, <laughs> just like you, yellow and thick. I started giggling with everyone else, but my mom shut us down. Julie, how could you say such a thing about your youngest sister? Is that nice to make her cry? I stopped giggling and realized that I was supposed to be upset about this. So I started crying, and Julie got into lots of trouble. Living in this bubble, free from criticism and negativity, I was allowed to indulge my idealistic fantasies. One of my dreams was to become a world-famous pianist. I had watched Jane Austen's Sense and Sensibility countless times, and I saw how a maiden could win the approval and adoration of her family just by playing the piano. So I wanted a piano. We were living in Zambia, a developing African country with a decided lack of concert halls and classical musical instruments. Still, somehow, my determined mother managed to procure a piano from a missionary family nearby. Straight away, I became obsessed with music. It was all I talked about. I would spend hours at the piano, not practicing, but daydreaming about all the attention I would receive when I became a world-famous pianist. The only problem was, I wasn't any good at it. I had absolutely no talent. I'd just play one sequence over and over again, making mistakes every time. I was aware that my playing wasn't as good as in the movies, but no one seemed to get annoyed or, stop or ask me to stop, and my mom kept insisting, We love listening to you, darling. Keep playing. So I did. One day after playing all morning, I went into my dad's study to get some praise and approval from him. He was cultured and had a fine appreciation for music, so I trusted his opinion. But to my horror, I found him blasting jazz on full volume. My playing was not serenading him at all. He was trying to drown it out. Just like that. The bubble burst. Had my mother been lying to me all this time? Had everyone been lying? All praise is false. All compliments are fake. I can trust no one. I could only rely on my own opinion. So I would work hard and practice for real until I believed I was good enough. So I kept playing the piano all the way to university. When I moved to England with the intention of studying music at Bath University, my sisters finally intervened. 
We were all out of my, my mother's protection zone by then, so we were free to speak plainly. Mel, for God's sake, not music. You'll starve. Study something you can make a living from, like business. I knew my piano playing hadn't really progressed, so instead of being upset, I was relieved. At last. The truth was out. I was free. Life away from my mother's intervening was simple and straightforward. Now I was exposed to criticism, I could develop real talent in things I was really interested in. I could be straight with people, and they could be straight with me. Trust was restored. But then Christmas came around again, and the pressure was on to be happy. I was frustrated that I couldn't bring my newfound straight talking into the family environment because my mother insisted on make-believe. But then, as we were sat around the table, constantly reassuring my mother that we were all having a good time and it didn't matter that the potatoes were slightly burnt, I saw for the first time how worried she was, scared even of things going wrong. It dawned on me that the reason she was so hell-bent on having a perfect family life was because her own childhood wasn't a happy one. By guarding my feelings so fiercely, she was giving herself the care she had never received. All this time, she was the sensitive one who needed protecting, not me. That moment when you realize your parents are people too is always a bit of a surprise. When you discover that they're doing their very best, but maybe they don't know all the answers. We don't know all the answers either at Hong Kong Stories, but we have quite a few ideas. If our stories make you think of one of your own, then get yourself down to one of our free weekly workshops. You can find the details at hongkongstories.com. We promise it won't hurt a bit, and you may even learn a thing or two. Everyone has stories to share, and we want to hear yours. Now for the second part of the show today, we have a few fragments from our Age of Reckoning show from May 2018. In this show, our storytellers were invited up on stage to give us a one-line story with the theme of Old Age. Uh, I don't much care what happens when I'm older as long as I can keep my hair. I just hope that my children don't have to draw straws to decide who's going to have me for Christmas. So my entire life, my grandmother refused to open up about her past. Recently, the floodgates opened and she lamented to me leaving my grandfather 40 years ago when she was having a midlife crisis. She said this, there was this period and she was just so unhappy. But in the grand scheme of her life, that period was nothing but a moment. She lost the forest for the tree. When I'm old, I want the forest. My friend's father has dementia. She called her parents once. He picked up. And when her mom asked him who it was, he said, Well, it's that, it's that woman that we love. <laughs> I just want to go out with a bang. <laughs> <laughs> 
I pledge that when I retire, I am not going to complain about being bored because I have too much free time. My grandmother and I were doing dishes. I handed her a wet plate to dry and asked her about the war. She told me, I know I shouldn't think this, but when our country was occupied, it was actually quite exciting for me. I can't wait till I'm really old and can say what I really think without fear. <laughs> Fuck you all. When I get older, I still want to be inspired by tall, good-looking guy. One day, I really hope I, I will know what I want to be when I grow up. Thanks for listening to this podcast brought to you by Hong Kong Stories. Our heartfelt thanks go out to our storytellers and to the hosts who made each of our shows a success. Thanks to you go out to our storytellers who are willing to re-record their stories when the equipment fails. The music for this podcast was created and performed by Andrew Robert Smith. Everyone has a story to tell. May your week be filled with nourishing soups, frequent hugs, and a kind reminder of a past success. <laughs> <laughs>